and welcome to our Golf Only Better podcast ahead of the Players' Championship this week at TPC Sawgrass. And delighted to be joined by Ben Coley from SportingLife.com and Dave Tyndall, Betfair Golf Tipster. Uh, chaps, welcome to you both, first of all. Hello. Hi, Sarah. I love this week, guys. I'm, I know you do. It kind of, you know, it typifies the start of the golfing season, really. I've covered Sawgrass for numerous years unfortunately not there this time around due to uh, becoming a mum recently for the first time so uh, I'm in sunny Yorkshire instead chatting to you guys but it's a great week isn't it Ben let's start with you first up the significance of of this I guess to as I said to really kick off the golfing season and the fact that we do return to the same golf course uh, year after year yeah I suppose that iconography is a really big part of it for the casual golf fan knowing exactly what to expect which Obviously, you don't have with the US Open and you spend sort of three days getting to know the course. And we know the course very, very well here. And it is a fabulous event. There's a lot of talk about, you know, it will be called the fifth major, I'm sure, um, by many people. And that's fine. But personally, I I like it for what it is. You know, it, it sits apart from the week to week PGA Tour and apart from the majors. It's it's a truly unique event, arguably the strongest event of the year. Um, and, and what a feel we've got for it. And I suppose... You could say too that the the two guys that are missing actually, in some ways, allow the PGA Tour to focus on golf, and that's that's what they want to do, and it's what a lot of us want to do after a fairly turbulent start to the year. So, yeah, uh, all systems go. Definitely, turbulent is the is the right word. I think, Dave, it's it's been it's been fascinating. I think to kind of see what's gone on, obviously, end of last year, and then the Saudi talk dominating many of the headlines so far this year, but do, do we sort of now get back to business if you like and think, okay, we've got the players not far with Augusta, you know, on the horizon, April, is it, is it time now to just focus on, on the great names we have in the top of the world rankings and really what lies ahead this week? Cause it should be another terrific week on the PJ tour. Yeah, I think so. I think there was a lot of hoo-ha and a lot of talk and it's probably good. It's, it's died down a few weeks ago. If it had been on the very, Mm. edge of this tournament it could have just clouded the issue but it's kind of been put to bed for now when we we can focus on on the players championship I I always like it being played in March it was played in May for a little while but I always think in March it it does sort of mark the build-up to Augusta so I do like the new calendar where you've got this in March and you've got a major every month so yeah I think after some we've had some great events already don't get me wrong but I think this one really makes you think this is the golf season really kicking in now and we can all get excited. We can. We're going to talk, obviously, with the markets and the betting uh, upcoming in just a few minutes' time. Just a little look back, though, what we've seen this season in terms of the tournaments, the results and the winners. Ben, who, what stood out? Which performance so far has stood out for you, either on the DP World Tour or the PJ Tour so far in, in 2022? Well, I guess the, the performance of Joaquin Neiman probably in isolation at Riviera was was brilliant particularly to see that lead almost disappear and then and then go and win but I suppose as a general theme it, it's the youngsters and we, we've been saying it for a couple of years but it, it feels like they're getting younger and younger you know um, and and Scotty Scheffler obviously winning two of his last three starts Victor Hovland both sides of Christmas and and if anything from I suppose from a more betting perspective it shows you that when these guys win they, they so often win again soon after uh, we've seen it with Scheffler we've seen it with Hovland we could even see it with Neiman but yeah you know if you you're 30 you're sort of looking over your shoulder at these youngsters now and and Rory's more in the veteran stage almost and and it seems preposterous but yeah the kids really dominating and um, I'm sure we'll see a fair few of them towards the top of the leaderboard this week I suppose what makes it fascinating is that traditionally uh, we talk about experience here at Sawgrass and it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. 
Absolutely, Dave, for you, standout performance so far in 2022. And as Ben said, it has been amazing to see, you know, the 20-somethings, you know, the Hovlands, the Schefflers, the, the Morikawas, they, they're no fear really for those guys. They, they win early in their careers and then, yeah, we've seen the dominance that, that, that they've shown on tour. But Dave, for you, standout performance, who would that be? Yeah, maybe, the, I'm not sure there's been a standout performance, but maybe the standout player, maybe Scotty Scheffler. I think that's been great seeing him emerge because... He played in a Ryder Cup before he actually won, and we all we all knew he would win soon. But um, it's one of those classic cases, isn't it, when people say, "Oh, once he gets the first one, the floodgates will open." And here we are, two tournaments later, and they have opened. And I, I do like the emergence of these younger players because it, it kind of shows that golf doesn't need to get involved in some breakaway league. We've got fantastic young players coming through now, and you know, there's no need to focus on some of the. The older guys life does go on there are lots of fantastic players in our normal usual golf we don't need to mess with it i do think as well ben watching the api at the weekend and you know mcelroy said he was kind of punch drunk didn't he after he thought it was a little bit borderline a little bit on the edge there was something though i do think we see so often with the kind of resort courses on the pj tour something that from a viewing perspective i did kind of enjoy seeing a number of players struggle at the weekend yes it might be borderline but i'd the birdie fest week in week out we get so used to that wasn't it nice ben to see the players really challenged over the weekend at, at um arnie's place yeah i think um i think dave and i chat about this actually that it, it in terms of the sunday product it was brilliant and i'm sure for for broadcasters for sponsors for everybody really you know they, there were probably 10 players who could have won that tournament with sort of eight or nine holes to go. And that's extremely rare. In fact, here at Sawgrass, we've seen a number of runaway winners where the outcome sort of feels inevitable. And actually runaway leaders, at least, have been kind of a theme over the last few weeks. Um, obviously, Daniel Berger not quite converting it, whereas whereas Neiman did. Um, I, I think over four days, it can be a bit of a struggle at times. And, and obviously, they, they turned the tap on if you like, it's probably not the best metaphor given that it was so dry on the greens, but uh, they, they sort of um, turn the screw is a better expression at, at Bay Hill. And I do wonder whether Rory will go back there. I, I think it, it's a fair um, assessment that it's not exactly how he wants to play golf, but you have got to adapt. And, and maybe that's why, you know, Scheffler and Hovland who are young and, um, you know, just, just embracing every challenge that comes their way. Um, less likely to be disruptors, I suppose. They they went ahead and did it. And, and it certainly, I suppose, helped Hovland to have that sort of thick rough around the greens as he likes it. But I'm kind of one for more creativity. But no doubt those last two hours on Sunday night were, were engrossing entertainment. And for a lot of people, that's when they tune in and watch. No, absolutely. Totally agree. Dave, when we look at Sawgrass this week, what 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 do you think, what type of, I guess, when you look at the players who've won there, one of the beauties is it kind of suits all, all players. It suits ball strategy that suits players who are really on their game that week. But you look at the history of winners, it, you know, some of the bigger hitters, some of the shorter hitters, you know, Webb Simpson's won recently, Kucher in the past, you know, even going way back, Fred Funk, way, way down. And then you look at, you know, Phil, Tiger, Sergio, obviously great success around there. What's What for you is needed at Sawgrass, though, in terms of the merits of really trying to achieve on that golf course? Yeah, as you say, that there's so many different winners. Webb Simpson flying the flag for the shorties, as it were. You'll probably hear a lot this week, players, when they're interviewed, saying there's no faking it around here. So you can't just have one element working well. You can't have a weak area. And that's, that is shown in the stats. I, I noted that 10 of the last 12 winners here ranked um, in the top five for the all-around stat, which is a measure of everything. So I think you've got to do everything well. So I think that's why... You get a lot of really, really good winners. Six of the last eight winners were major winners previously. So the cream does rise to the top in this event. 
Um, so yeah, you don't, it's not like, oh, we've got to pick a big hitter. We can look all around just, just who's got the strong all round game at the moment. Yeah. I'm 17. So often talked about, I've, I've spent been endless sort of endless minutes of TV around that sort of amphitheatre and, and showcasing the, the drama and, and everything that unfolds. It's a wonderful walk from 16 to 17 T. Then of course, 18 is a, is a fabulous closing hole, but what, what mentally does it ask of the players at 17 with that tournament, with that championship on the line, with the pressure and the atmosphere and everything that, that comes with that penultimate hole? Uh, it's absolutely that, isn't it? I mean, when people talk about golf course ar- architecture and design, and people who know far more about it than I do, but uh, the, the routing and, the, and the, the cadence of the rounds is so important. And we see it at Augusta, you know, they, the, the saying goes, the Masters comes alive on that back nine on Sunday. And it's because all of a sudden you've got those opportunities and you've got that risk reward. And it, it's where that hole sits. If that was the third or fourth hole, it, it doesn't get talked about to, this, to anything like the same degree. And, and it's a fabulous little hole. I suppose pound for pound, it's, it's got to be one of the most difficult on tour, you know, yard for yard. Um, it, it never really ranks as the hardest on this course, but circumstances dictate that it really is um, where tournaments have been won or lost. So, yeah, a, a brilliant hole. Um, proof, you know, that there are so many different ways to test players and, and you can still test them with a wedge. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how firm the green is, because I know, you know, the, the first round last year in particular, it was so hard to that back pin to hold the ball. Um, and it, it just felt like every player was making the same mistake. So perhaps this year we'll see uh, some of the afternoon starters watch a bit more coverage and get a feel for what the what the shot is. Exactly. David, it is only, you hear players say it's only a little flick with a wedge, but surrounded by water, the fans there, quite a few... Quite a few of them have had a, well, a few electric lemonades, as my Sky Sports colleague at Radar likes to likes to call them. It gets loud, it gets raw, because the wind typically swirls in that amphitheatre. We, we see 16 at the Waste Management, 17 at TBC Sawgrass. Some people some people err on the side of it being a little gimmicky. Dave, where do you stand? I mean, I personally think it's fantastic, and, and it comes at a pivotal point in the round. Where do you stand on, on the, the love-hate relationship with 17? Yeah, I'm in the it's fantastic camp. Absolutely, I just think it's a it's a golf is such a mental test, isn't it? And you hear players say they're thinking about that hole from maybe the third or fourth hole onwards, and it's in the back of their mind. Don't blow it. We've got a good round going. Don't blow it. And last year was extraordinary. Really, I've got the numbers. There were 35 balls in the water on day one last year, and the year before only 45 in total. So day one was carnage. It did settle down after that, but you know. That sight when you when you've backed a player and you're watching him on the tee, it's just it's horrible, isn't it? The ball's in the air. And even if it lands, you think, is it gonna ping forward and no, no, bounce no. off the back edge or or is it gonna catch a slope and run down depending where that placement is each day? So it's yeah, it's one of the best holes, isn't it? I think golf fans love something that stands out, and that absolutely does stand out as one of the best holes on tour. It does, you know, it's entertainment, isn't it? We're in the entertainment business and we're, we're seeing more of that in golf. The popularity is increasing. So I, I completely concur. I think it's fantastic. But let's talk the, the betting then. Let's have a look at some of the, I guess, the pre-tournament favourites. You said right at the top of the podcast and I agree with you. Typically, we look, do we look more at experience and previous success around TPC Sawgrass than maybe recent form on tour, would you say? It's a fine balance. I think in general, you know, having those rounds under your belt at Sawgrass definitely helps. Like historically, um, players have, have tended to to win uh, while hot, you know, Rory being the, probably the best example that came in here in 2019, having basically contended every start that year and, and put it all together. So I probably would actually err towards those who are playing well right now. And after much deliberation, I, I do like 
mainly those who've played in Florida. Um, I know Bay Hill was particularly brutal, and you could probably argue that um, for some like Rory, it might have actually put him put him off and 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 forced him backwards in terms of his preparation. But in general, I think you know getting a run out on these Bermuda greens and things like that is is typically advantageous. But um, it, it's so difficult because you, you see a field like this and you see a market like this and you think, well, one of the best twenty five players in the world will win this, and and it's generally true. But we've been very, very close to something a lot more surprising than that several times. And obviously it did happen with Siwoo Kim. Eddie Pepperell nearly won it. Johnny Vegas nearly won it the year Rory did. So I, I think it is the most open tournament you'll get all year. I think there are more potential winners of this tournament than certainly than the Masters. But I would say probably than any tournament. Um, and, and that's what's so fascinating about it. But yeah, I, I probably err towards those who've been playing well in Florida as my start point. OK, and let's, let's, have, let's talk through some names in particular then Dave for you let's have a look at the favorites first of all where top of the betting how, how does it look and obviously let's talk about the exchange and the sports book as well yeah so um John Rahm is the eight to one favorite and you can you can say that's good you can say that's bad I mean he's not won for a long time but I think he was the 54 hole leader here wasn't he a, a couple of years ago yeah. and he's getting better you look at his his form at Sawgrass it gets better each time there's just that sort of lurking, sort of that ominous, is he, is this the week where he puts it all together kind of thing? Uh, so he, I think with, with me, I've got a slight doubt that I don't know if Florida is his favourite part of the world in terms of where he might win on the PGA Tour. He's obviously won his US Open at Torrey Pines and he does particularly well there. I, mean, it was, I think Tom Watson never won in Florida. You sometimes get these great players who never won in Florida. I'm not saying that will happen to John Rahm, but it's just a little negative for me. Um, so yeah, that 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 could be uh, that could be interesting. It is Ben. What about you? In terms of let's have a look at the favourites of the of the guys leading the betting. Where where's your kind of where's your heart leaning towards in terms of the likely winner of of this week's Players Championship? I've actually gone with Rama, and I think you know I think you make a very very good case for for the big three as we could probably call them in this and amazingly that doesn't necessarily include Rory and make it a big four and throw him in but the, the market was struggling to split and um, the defending champion Justin Thomas now it's, this title has never been successfully defended it's only been going since the 70s and that that's a quirk which one day um, will end and he's got a fabulous record here Colin Morikawa who hasn't quite got a fabulous record here but he did hit the ball very very well here last year and he, he made a good start in the abandoned renewal as well in, in 2020 and and we know his game you know his very precise game and the control he has over his distance in particular certainly at holes like 17 um, should be hugely advantageous but with Ram, I, I think he, he's hitting the ball better than anybody in the world at the moment um, and I think it's sort of it's easy to forget that. I mean, you look at the stats last week, he was fully two shots better in strokes gained ball striking than Victor Hovland. Um, but he was never a factor and he, he will need to sharpen up his short game. I'm just hoping that a return to Sawgrass where he's actually putted really well um, might be the, the catalyst. But as Dave kind of alluded to, it is there's an element of hope there that he that he puts it all together. Um, but but I've got a good feeling about him and, and certainly he's a big fan of Pete Dye's courses. And I think if you look at Justin Thomas in particular, the defending champion, that was a big factor in his favour. Um, there are a lot of players here. I, I wouldn't say they're beaten on the first tee, but they're very negative about the course. It's never been everyone's favourite. Um, you know, Rory famously skipped it a couple of times. So yeah. um, he's obviously fallen in love with it since. But yeah, I think I think Ram's the man to beat. But, you know, that's not to say he's uh, he's unopposable by any means. That's a very good point. David, do you agree with that? I remember talk, I've spoken to Rory numerous times at Sawgrass about this. You know, the first... 
the first few visits, he just he said, I just couldn't get it. So the vis, vis, typically they say players it's visually intimidating from the tee. It just doesn't, some players, it just doesn't quite suit their eye. And you, do you agree with that? Some guys, you know, you've got to be a Pete Dye fan. You've kind of got to get the, the look and feel of the golf courses. And, and for some, they just don't quite match up with what's needed around Sawgrass. Yeah, I think Rory's results almost sort of tell the story of, yeah. of how Sawgrass is for people because, as you say, he didn't do very well to begin with, kept missing cuts. Then he had a, a run of, I think, four top 12s, three of those were top 10s. And, and even though he's, he won it in 2019, in the two tournaments either side, 2020 was obviously called off because of COVID after 18 holes. But So Rory's form either side of that win is miscut, miscut. So... Unlike, say, Augusta National, where you, you look at the top players and, and they've got like eighth, tenth, fifth, and, and you know it's always going to be good at, at, at Sawgrass. Players have got all these miscuts in amongst the fifths and seconds. And so it's, if, if you're slightly off, it really can punish you, which makes it fascinating because I, I can't think of another tournament really where there's such a discrepancy in results where, where players either miss the cut or, or have a big week. So... Yeah, I think for Ram, I think he's got to definitely sharpen up that short game uh, to, to get, that's back to the idea that you need to be doing everything well, but who's to say he can't? I think if I had to pick one of the, those front three, uh, Ram, Morikawa and Justin Thomas, I'd probably go with Morikawa just because he's been so brilliant at closing out very, very big events. Yeah, and amazing mentality and great composure, as we've seen so often, especially in some of those major performances as well. Just to note as well, Betfair paying eight places on each way bets at the players. And also just to say no cash out suspensions on sports, but winner each way bets this week as well. So, for example, you can cash out um, of your bet at any time uh, worth noting. And as I say, eight places on each way bets at the players. Uh, ben, a couple of players I like this week. I always like Sergio at Sawgrass. I like Matt Fitzpatrick as well this week. I really do. What What about odds for those two players? Yeah, see, Dave's nodding vigorously there. And, and Matt Fitzpatrick <laughs> was, he was kind of one of the last names off my shortlist. And, um, and I guess one of the first names on Dave, so I'll let him make that case. But I've actually gone with Sergio for the first round lead. He's, he's done that twice before he did it last year. Um, he's he's kind of become a habitual fast starter late in late in his career, and we know that you know we're talking about that comfort level. There are there are a handful of players, although what Dave says is right, most players have got a real mixed bag here. There are a handful of them who've just got exceptional records, and they come here and they just feel at ease. And I think Sergio is one of those. Um, so hopefully you can get off to a fast start. But Dave, um, Matt Fitzpatrick, he wasn't quite <laughs> for me, but I know he was for you. Yeah, um, again, I really am focusing on this all around thing, but. If you look at the strokes gain stats of all the players and you just, you know, you can break them down by approach, putting, he's just good in them all, basically. Um, people think maybe because he doesn't hit it as far as others, he's not the uh, the best driver in the world. But on strokes gain off the tee, he's in the top 20. So, you know, he's absolutely fine in that. And actually the strokes gain overall, put it all together to see what actually comes out at the very end of it. He's sat number two between Ram and Morikawa. So... You know, well, that is elite company to be in. We were talking about Florida form. Well, he's certainly got that in the last few weeks. He's coming in with a trio of top tens. And he's just getting better at this course as well, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, I think Matt Fitzpatrick, I think he's got a big, big chance. Whether he can quite get the win, he's not won on American soil yet. Not quite so sure, but every chance of getting a place with those eight each-way places. So, yeah, I really like him at 33 to 1. 
Also interesting, you know, when we talked at the top of the pod about, uh, you know, some standout performances and some of the young guns, some of the young superstars really excelling so far this year, Ben, you know, you look at sort of Brooks, DJ, Spieth obviously had a great year last year. What about some of the, some of the big names, the star names in world golf, haven't maybe quite shone recently. What about some of their, some of the value in some of those players for this week? Well, I think the first thing when I looked at the market on Monday, the, the first name that leapt out is Dustin Johnson. He's 35 to 1 in places. or Whatever he, whatever he is on the exchange now, he, I think he's getting bigger. And you sort of think, I, I, you think it's absolute madness. You know, one of the most prolific players of the last 15 years, a two-time major champion. He's, he's been fifth here behind Rory in 2019. You only have to go back to last year and he was the 10 to 1 favourite. And you think, okay, well, we know he's not had a good year, but it's not difficult to... to recall the positives such as the Ryder Cup, which, by the way, was on a Pete Dye course uh, yeah. where he was fabulous and and, and history-making. Um, even this year, he's played some good... Go- I, I thought he hit the ball as well as anybody in Saudi Arabia. He just, just could not buy a putt. So, you know, ultimately, he missed the cut at Riviera and he was one of the favourites. Um, but I don't think anyone could deny that the reaction in terms of the prices, given that he and Morikawa were basically the same sort of odds... You know, one of them's now favourite, and one of them's now thirty-five to one, or whatever he is. Um, it's a big, it's a big carrot that's being dangled with DJ. Um, he does need to improve, but he's Dustin Johnson, and and he's won events after miscuts before. And the other one, that he he didn't quite make my staking plan, but the one who did was Jordan Spieth. And again, I saw the prices on Monday, and it, it just amazed me that he was he sort of given a similar chance to Billy Horschel and Tyrrell Hatton, and with the greatest respect to those players, they're they're not Jordan Spieth. And I know you could argue that. Jordan Spieth isn't even Jordan Spieth right now, but it's, it's what, three tournaments ago, he finished second when we thought he'd won at Pebble Beach. He's played okay the last twice. And the, the thing with him, and it goes back to Dave's point, you look at his sawgrass record, he was fourth on debut when he led through 54 holes and Martin Keimer's experience proved decisive. Since then, he's done absolutely nothing. But I sort of don't mind that because it, it makes everyone think he can't play it. But actually, if you, if you ask him... He just can't read these greens. He, he's been awful on the greens. Well, if you have to rely on someone to figure it out on the greens, then then why not Jordan Spieth? So if, if there is a bounce back uh, major champion, then I'm hoping it's him. I'm with you. And you look at what's needed in terms of strategy around this Pete Dye design. Speed, one of the best golfing brains out there. So yeah, I, I think good price and I think some great value in Speed this week. Dave, what about you in terms of any outsiders, long shots and some value with the market? Where you look yeah. at yeah, my main bet this week is Sung Jm, which might come as a bit of a surprise. Um, but I've had a couple of Korean winners here. I've had KJ Choi, Siwoo Kim, um, and obviously Sung Jm is, you know, one of the very best at, at the moment. Uh, he has got a lot of characteristics I'm looking for. He's good on the all-around ranking. Um, he's got good par four scoring, which has been in, important here. One of the little quirks is that a lot of winners here have also won at Sedgefield, which kind of makes sense on some level. They're both sort of more, you know, brain rather than brawn tests. But Sedgefield, of course, is a Donald Ross. But there's so many winners who've won at both, and it includes both those Koreans. I've mentioned KJ Choi and Siwoo Kim. As it happens, Sung Jae-yum has got a really good record there as well, sixth and ninth in two of his three appearances. Um, so I... I I think he can go well because he was 17th last time. And if you look at his round-by-round scores, he, he twice shot six under 66s. Now, if you can do that once, you're thinking, I, I can score here. To do it twice, you know, in, in the space of his last three rounds, he must go there thinking, I can pick up, I can birdie lots of these holes. So I think he, 
He's had a, a really good run this year, lots of good performances. He won the Shriners back in October. So I think Sung Jae Im may be not at the forefront of everyone's thinking, but I think there's a lot going from it at, at around 40 to 1 and obviously bigger on the exchange. Yeah, good shout. Betfair has lowered its minimum stake on the exchange to just a pound for the Players' Championship. So, Ben, any other any other long shots you've kind of got your eye on this week just before we uh, wrap up our Players' Championship preview? Well, for totally crazy selections, I, I thought Danny Lee had some merits. Now, he's gonna. you might even get the maximum Betfair price on him. So, um, we are talking very, very speculative, but he's been seventh here before. He started to hit his ball well. Um, the putter's just been letting him down and all of his form is on this kind of golf course. And, you know, we know Danny Lee was a team prodigy. You know, once upon a time, he was he was the next big thing and, and things haven't quite worked out, but he's very capable on his day. So he's the complete flyer, but um, more seriously, a player that David's just, men- just, just mentioned, uh, Siwoo Kim. Um, he's one of those, a bit like Sergio, who, who has none of those missed cuts on his record here. He's won it. He was ninth last year. He shot seven under in round one in 2020, which obviously got taken out of the record books um, when he was a couple behind Hideki Matsuyama, who I know Dave and I both like as well. But yes, um, Siwoo Kim's playing really well. He's found some consistency and I think it's telling that he's played, I think he's played seven times this year. Now for a player who's had back and neck problems, I think he's fighting fit and he's one of those. um, He he feels like he must be in his 30s because he's been around for so long, but he was so young when he broke out. Um, he is one of the young stars, and and although not as consistent as some, he, he's every bit as explosive. So, um, yeah, I'll take him as a as a good each way selection. Excellent. And just before we finish up, Dave, just a word on Rory as we talked about at the top of the pod again. That what what reaction do you expect from Rory this week at the at the players, given the frustration that he faced at API and in terms of his his odds for for this week? What are you thinking at this point? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he went and won it again. It, it, he kind of marked our cards last week before the tournament. He said, I don't know why they've changed it. Why have they changed the rough around the green? So it was clearly in his head. Yeah. Didn't, didn't matter for round one, but I think as because he came out fast and got one of those Rory runs on the, in on day one. But it kind of got to him as the week went on. And, and by the end, he was, he'd had enough, hadn't he? But it was still, what, 13th he finished? It sounded as so at the end of that week, he wanted to just get back to normal Florida golf. He thought last week was a bit too quirky. And given the fact that he's won here, you know, two starts, two appearances ago. And when was the last time Rory had a bad tournament? It was months and months ago. So he has every chance if he, if he, if he you know, gets involved and can stay there. And I think he would much prefer this test than he did to Bay Hill. Definitely. Just remind everybody, just a little quick thing for this week in terms of head of the market and then some outside chances, Dave. First up, just throw out yeah. the names for us again. Yeah, so I'll go with Matt Fitzpatrick, Sung Jae Im. Um, as with Ben said earlier, we do like Hideki Matsuyama. One guy I haven't mentioned very, very quickly, Jason Day is, I think, hundreds on the exchanges. Got a first, a fifth, a sixth, an eighth here. Only two starts ago for him. He was third at, at Torrey Pine. So he, he's someone who loves this place who could cause a shock. That's a great shout. Great shout. Like that. Ben, what about you? Just the names, just to recap for us. Yeah, it's interesting with Day, isn't it? Obviously, his, his mum's just passed away and we we have seen, you know, sometimes it can just see a golfer just forget about, you know, the, the technique and all that and just realise that it, this is his only sport, which obviously we all we all realise at the moment. So I think everybody would be very happy to see Jason Day play well. Um, I like um, 
John Rahm, very, very obvious, more obvious than I like to be, but uh, there we are. I like Matsuyama. Um, I like Jordan Spieth. I like Siwoo Kim. And just one I haven't mentioned is Mackenzie Hughes, um, 54-hole leader in the US Open. He, he just seems to play really well in big events. And, you know, he'd be a surprise winner, no doubt about that, but I wouldn't be at all shocked if he played well. Excellent stuff. And just as we're looking ahead, obviously the players very much looking forward to, as we said at the top of the podcast, uh, known as the uh, the fifth major, but that's irrelevant. It's a quality week. It's a great tournament and it'll be uh, fun to watch. But the Masters just around the corner will be back uh, for a, a special uh, Betfair podcast coming up ahead of the Masters. And just a quick early look, guys, if, if we can, just a, a quick reach out before the year's first major who is grabbing your attention right now? We'll have a proper preview coming up in our next podcast. But what do you, what do you, what's, what's your heart saying at the minute in terms of the Masters and, and gut feels ahead of that one? Ben, first up. Well, I've, I spent sort of eight years insisting Hideki Matsuyama would win the Masters, and then I stopped. <laughs> I stopped saying it last March, and uh, and he went and won it. So I'm I'm going to stick with Justin Thomas, who's my, you know. I've, I, I, we all know he's just perfect for Augusta if he can just have a decent week on the greens and cut out some mistakes and we, we'll see but obviously he's got Jim Bones Mackay on the bag now who has won this uh, several times with Phil Mickelson it has to help I think Ted Scott being with Scotty Scheffler has been a massive help to him um, over the, the last few weeks so Justin Thomas the man to beat but the, the great thing about the Masters now it, it really does feel like you know for all we loved watching Tiger so dominant there and, and Phil as well it feels like you've got 20 potential winners as we have this week and, and that makes it all the more interesting it does and Dave for you just an early an early gut feel as, as he'll be slipping on that green jacket in April yeah I'm um, certainly Justin Thomas I think Scotty Scheffler is very interesting so many Masters winners have, have won earlier that season and he's obviously the man isn't it at the minute you think his game is perfect for there uh, hits a, a booming big hitter, great touch on and around the green. So he he's interested in me now, Scotty Scheffler, 25 to 1. I think, you know, another big performance here. That will shorten yet again. Excellent. Guys, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much. Enjoy this week's action at TPC Sawgrass. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and hope you enjoy the Players' Championship. Get involved. Hope those little tips and picks have helped. And we'll be back uh, shortly in April as we look ahead to the year's first major championship. We'll see you soon.